This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Nathan, we're going to do something uh, a little kooky today. Love it when you use words like kooky, zany, bizarre, odd, crazy. You say crazy a lot. So, yeah. Okay, what are we going to do? We're going to do a buyer's guide for the world's most expensive and capable off-roaders. Gotcha. So, the image that you're seeing behind us with this Jeep, this is not a normal Jeep Wrangler. This is a very expensive one, but it's also an extremely capable one. And we're basically going to talk about its competitors. Am I correct? Yes, we're going to be talking about all of these off-roaders that are over $100,000. So it's going to be Jeep, uh-huh. Wrangler, Anniversary Edition, AEV. Yes. Versus, all right, you ready for this? this yeah. This is going to be cool. Uh, Bronco Raptor. Uh, okay, we'll get the, all right. Okay. Or is it Raptor Bronco? Well, it's Bronco, Bronco Raptor, but don't they have a price around 80 or yeah, 70 yeah. or something like that? They do MSRP, but you're never going to get one for that. You'll never get one. No, you're, you're going to be paying right. like 20K over because that's what they're going for in the open market. And let's be real and talk about prices that people are paying, not prices we wish we were paying. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. And then we're going to throw in a vehicle that I got to drive, which is well over 100000 the G-Wagon, but not just any G-Wagon. Oh, the squared? Yep, the squared. Oh, that thing was ridiculous. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to throw that in the mix because that is one of the most capable and expensive off-roaders. And, of course, there's one vehicle that we cannot forget, and that is what, Nathan, the final one? That is the Defender 90 with the 5-liter V8 that's supercharged, but it's the special one. It's the Carpathian edition. It's yeah. expensive. So, <laughs> so between all these cars, let's see, the, the squared is like 350, I believe. Uh, it started 250 to 300 is what it's listing at right now. I think but the I, one I drove was like 313. <laughs> oh, is that all? Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's see, 300, 400, 500, 600, about $600,000 worth of off-roaders here. I would say easily. And that's before, that's before anything is added to them. I mean, almost none of these things really have any, um, you know, additional equipment thrown on them from the configurator. So you can imagine all of these things potentially can be a lot more expensive. Yeah, and let's be real. We're going to do like a buyer's guide, but I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek because, first of all, no one's ever going to take these off-road. <laughs> Very few, yeah. Or maybe the Jeep. Maybe maybe the Jeep. And maybe the Defender like, you know, seven years down the road. But I but, so would do it. I would do it right now. But for the most part, most people who are buying these, who have the budgets for these, aren't going to take them off-road. And that is, of course, because when you spend that much money on a – vehicle you don't want to put it in harm's way you're saying that but if i owned a telecom or something like that or a strong you know financially secure enough to put satellites in space i would do whatever i wanted and then i would take a bentega and cut the roof off it and have fun yeah i'm sure there's gonna be some dude in there's Saudi always Arabia. Some, exactly there's always some dude he'll, he'll be jumping these things off yeah. a dune 
But, you know, most buyers are Mo- probably probably not going to be. Yeah, in fact, I think some of these actually might be bought and garaged because they consider them collection's items. For instance, the Jeep, which I think we should cover first. Okay. The Jeep uh, is a very limited production. I think there's like 4,000 of the anniversary ones and then even less of the AEV versions of them. Yeah, let's, okay, let's start with the Jeep. Right. Because um, uh, obviously uh, that just rolled out at the Chicago Auto Show. I was there. I had a good interview with Mr. Morrison. Uh, Jim Morrison, the guy who runs Jeep. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good interview. He's always he's always ready to work with us, which is great. And so what this is is a very limited production uh, Wrangler Unlimited uh, that's been um, done up by AEV with, of course, the 392 under the hood. So you got the big old Hemi V8 under the hood. Right. So we're talking 470 horsepower, 470 pound-feet of torque, going through an eight-speed automatic transmission. You already have a super beefed up suspension that goes up a notch. It's lifted. Yep. It's lifted, and it has something on it that uh, really freaked out some people, and that is 37-inch tires. Yeah, and it looks uh, really badass. And they're only building, like I said, 150 of them. Uh, and I don't know if they're sold out. I know that he was expecting them to sell out. I suspect that they will sell out. So let's talk about what AEV brings to the table. AEV is, for those of you who know, it's uh, American Expedition Vehicles. Vehicles. Um, for years and years, they really are, and they don't sponsor us, by the way. Nope. I, I, I'm only g- giving them love because they deserve it. Some of the equipment that they build for vehicles, and this is including for General Motors as well, by the way, they build, build um, the Bison version of the uh, yep. you know, Colorado. Um, they build some of the best equipment to slap <laughs> onto vehicles People out there. People are screaming, brute, the Ram brute. Yes, yes, the brute. The the we're talking about bumpers, winches, armor, sliders, uh, a bunch of other components on top of that. All of that is AEV, and AEV makes it look like it's factory, which in many cases it really is. So they work with the automaker or the truck maker to build these components, and they are aesthetically pleasing, but more importantly, very, very functional. Some of the best people I know in the business swear by AEV. Yeah, you put your finger on it, Nathan. So we just bought uh, a 2017 Jeep Wrangler JK uh, that's AEV'd out. So basically, um, the dealership uh, sent it to AEV here in Boulder uh, and put $20,000 worth of parts on this uh, JK. Uh, And it includes everything from, like you said, bumpers to spare tire holders that include like a water storage, a rear bumper has gas storage, or it's the other way around. Uh, and what makes them unique and what sets them apart from, you know, the myriad of aftermarket part suppliers, right? There's everybody out there, is that they oh really God. do build purposeful off-roading or off-roaders uh, that are designed for the purpose of going off-road. Because let's face it, Nathan, a lot of people lift Jeeps. They put on these custom offsets, right, that the tires stick out like a foot <laughs> beyond. Yeah, yeah and, seriously. And, 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 you know, which is cool looking. But you don't want that, um, you know, on the trail. The first thing you're gonna do when you take that on the trail is you're gonna either pinch or rupture a tire, right? You don't oh, want to stick out that up, far. You're gonna kick up dirt and rocks into your face because <laughs> exactly. you have no fender to stop it, or to the face of the guy behind you. So, I, I have my own thing on that. So what AV does is they build very purpose-oriented off-roading gear. So the Jeep doesn't look necessarily like, you know, the big. 20-inch wheels, right, mm. because you don't want 20-inch wheels when you're off-roading. You want as much sidewall as possible. Uh, and uh, for this special edition, they've partnered with uh, Jeep to, you know, bring all that not through the dealership, but actually from the manufacturer. So when you order this, not only do you get the big old, like you said, V8 under the hood, but then you get all the parts that AV builds and puts on the Jeep 
from the factory. It's all warrantied. Uh, and it's probably the most, well, definitely the most expensive Wrangler ever because it's either 110 or 111 plus yeah. its destination. It could absolutely be up to like 115 when it's all said and done. Yeah, and because it's there's only so many out there, I guarantee you that the price, the premiums are going to go through the roof no matter what. Yeah, you can't even get a 392, let alone no. uh, an anniversary edition AEV 392. Yeah, yeah, it's which is a bummer, but that, that's the world we live in right now. So uh, just to put a pin in this vehicle, it's there's... You're not going to be able to get one unless you've already ordered it at, or know somebody at Jeep or your last name is Jeep. Or, I don't know. Or Morrison. Morrison. He probably <laughs> he, has one at home already. I was actually going to ask you if you could talk to him about trading our Hummer for <laughs> one of those. I would be very happy about that, but you did, I never had a chance to tell you. Um, so it's unfortunately, but you probably will see him on the trails. As a matter of fact, Roman and I next month, in about a month, yeah. are going to Moab, Utah. Tommy's going to be there too, I believe. I, I bet you'll have one of those. That's exactly it. So maybe we'll be able to get a little bit of wheel time with one. And if that's the case, hallelujah. And in terms of, let's talk about the buyer's guide. So in yeah. terms of what you're getting, so let's talk about, you know, what, the Wrangler Rubicon gets you because it starts out as a basic Wrangler Rubicon. So you get obviously all the off-road goodies. So you get the Dana, what is it, 44? On, I forget now. Is it 44? I think it's 44 or 60 in the rear. Yep. You get solid axles. Uh, you get um, sway bar disconnect. You get front, center, and rear locker. Um, with this one, you get an additional two inches. It's rolling on 37s. The AV gets you off-road lights, gets you a worn winch. You actually have a 456 rear end on the uh, on, on, and I think it's because of the the uh, 392. Uh, it's, so it's unique. You have a unique exhaust system with baffles. You have you get that uh, little raccoon button yeah, that the changes special, the exhaust note. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, which which is actually really fun because uh, it's great to wake up neighbors. So you have unique wheels, unique tires. You have unique front and rear bumper sliders, uh, under armor. The thing is, essentially, think of the most you can do with a Jeep and keep it off-road capable because you've added a ton of weight to it, right? But because you have 470 horsepower, it doesn't really seem to care. Uh, so you're not going to get great mileage, but your capability off-road is going to be immense. This thing is just an utter beast. So and inside, I think you get leather, you get all the belts. Oh, you get you you get heated yeah. steering wheel heated, and it's all unique too. There's all special trim with a little special badging here and there, so you can make sure everybody on the trail knows that you are special and more importantly, very rich. Um, and the question I think like hardcore jeepers are asking themselves. Why don't I just buy a 392 and build this myself? You could. You could. You, you could. could. You could build it with a bunch of different components. You don't have to. You could use Fox. You could use Bilstein, right? Mm -hmm. You could use, uh, you know, a myriad of others. Uh, but the beauty here is it's all from the factory, so it's all warranted. It's all warranted. Now, bear in mind that the anniversary edition there is two different types. There's the 392, and there is the 4xe as well. So they split those in half in terms of how many they're producing on each. But I believe that this version of it, the AEV version, if I could speak, uh, is only available with the 392. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. Uh, and I think, you know, if I were getting it, I'd certainly want the V8 instead of the 2-liter <laughs> two turbo, right? Well, it's more than just the 2-liter turbo. I mean, I, I, I really do like that um, plug-in hybrid setup. Uh, but I think this is just too much weight for it to be happy. Uh, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, and I would say, before we move on, I would say that this is probably the one that um, is the most affordable of all of these, which is, uh, seems crazy. Can you imagine, like, 10 years ago, if I had said, Nathan, there's going to be a Jeep from the factory that's going to cost $110,000 or $111,000? You would have been like, what? 
I agree. I would I, I would have just laughed at you and just said that yeah, there's that the only way that would happen is if someone built a special rock claw, crawler. But that, that's that's that would have been my But it's not even the most expensive Jeep, right? You could get a um, the, the, the Grand the, Wagoneer. Exactly. I was just gonna go there. The, you can get a fully loaded Grand Wagoneer and that actually is more expensive than this. I don't think it's as off road worthy, but would, it's, would, would, would you rather get the Grand Wagoneer or this? If I had like nine kids, then the Grand Wagoneer would be fine. Sure. Or six, five, five, five it'll, kids. It'll certainly tow more. Um, I would rather, I mean, the Jeep all day long. Every single time I've driven a 392. Yeah. Every single time. Just one time I drove it just to the car wash and back. I, I was laughing like a child. I was having the best time. I know it's stupid. It, it, it doesn't make any sense because off-road, a regular 392 versus a regular V6, other than speed, the V6 can do everything that the 392 can do. It's just it doesn't have the ridiculous amounts of power, but that those that gob of power turns this thing into a f- hooligan. I almost said a bad word, and it is indeed, and that's what makes it so special. Yeah, and the other thing that makes it special is obviously, look, the Pentastar is great, but when you start putting thirty sevens on, or dare I say, forties, right? Then you need that extra torque to actually turn. That is that is true, and but a lot then, of people don't bother doing that. But then you, then you got to start swapping axles mm-hmm. and, and drive shafts and half shafts, uh, which a lot of people also don't do. Um, but um, it is the ultimate Wrangler, and I think it's probably the high watermark for a Wrangler. I, I don't see. I don't know where else you'd go from here. Uh, Unless I, you go electric and do like a thousand horsepower, I, I, which they could do, or Eventually. maybe they would find a way to put a Hellcat engine in there. Um, and then just People make have it. People done that, you know that. I know, you, you yes, so I've driven it, yeah. which is just ridiculous. But I'd say that for the most part, you. What, what else do you need? I mean, this is so above uh, snorkel. You, okay, <laughs> I, if you can afford this package, I'm sure you can afford to slap a snorkel on it. But it's, but then you're higher off the ground, so you really don't need. And also. I'm curious to whether or not a snorkel might affect that big lump under the hood. It right? might. It might restrict the that, airflow. That, that might, you know, where it's a smaller displacement one, that might not be a big deal. But this thing just draws in a ton of air. I'm sure of it. So, I'm, you know, it's probably removing ozone as it's just sitting. I'm sure heat was a big deal because you've got the winch on the front. you got those big driving lights, yep. right? That, that certainly restricts airflow to the radiator. Yeah, but uh, they've redone the front end several times, and I know that that's something that they're very conscious of. And if you look throughout the vehicle... Um, and there's a video where Roman gets a really good tour around the vehicle from the Chicago Auto Show. Uh, you can go to altfl.com yeah. to see that. Um, that video also shows you can see some extra vents and whatnot put in the hood and on the side. And that helps with cooling, which I think is a huge deal. All right. Well, let's move on. And by the way, at the end of this uh, podcast slash video, we'll tell you which one we'd buy. Yes. Okay. Yes. And mine won't be a big surprise to you, but it's going to be a surprise, I think, to a few people out there. Uh, the next one is a vehicle we actually have a lot of familiarity with, and that is the Ford Bronco Raptor. Yeah, so we've obviously had a, ra- a regular Bronco, and Ford lent us the Bronco Raptor for a week, mm-hmm. and I took it off-roading. Uh, and um, uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. I- I'll tell you my impressions, and I'll get yours, okay? So th- the cool thing about the Bronco Raptor is it's actually much more stout. It's actually much differently engineered than a regular Bronco. Oh, 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 especially the suspension. The, the suspension's the, the, insane. But, but it's more than that. So I was talking to the engineers, and he was telling me, the, the chief engineer, he was telling me that they basically re-engineered the entire car. Mm-hmm. So instead of just taking like bigger shocks and putting them on uh, you know, the same chassis, they actually re 
made all those attachment points. They stiffened everything up. I right. Mean, everything is just like double XL size, uh, including the tires, right? So it's got it's rolling on 37s. Uh, it's got uh, kind of a unique hood, which lets in more air. Uh, it comes with uh, still um, a six-cylinder turbo. But it's a three-liter. Yep, it's And a it's bigger. still really powerful because uh, it puts out um, – what is that, over 400 horsepower, I, I think. I say 450. Is that, does that sound right? I know you got them on your notes. If, if not, correct us. But I remember. Yeah, 418 horsepower, but okay. 440 pumping of torque. Okay, so, so that was, Yeah, And it's a 3-liter, but they have the 10-speed in there. All of that's been reworked. All of that has been built specifically for this vehicle. So I think that's all really good, uh, and I, I think it's ultimately capable. Uh, but there is some bad, and I'll tell you what the bad is. First right. and foremost... They put these massive tires on it in order to, you know, accommodate like street rules, road rules, right? Off road doesn't matter, but on road, you can't like spit up a lot of water or dirt or mud when you're on the road. So they had to extend those wheel arches, <laughs> and, and it's almost cartoonish from the back when you look yeah. at it. When you're following it, it does look a little weird because the fender flares go out so far. I mean, you you could put like a ten gallon thing of water on top of it, and it would balance the fenders. They're they're way out there. It kind of you know what it reminds me of when back in the in the day when people started bringing back the term hoopty, yeah, uh, and they were referring to of course old Model Ts and whatnot. It kind of reminds me of just those giant fender flares that were on old cars from you know nineteen nineteen to nineteen twenties. Let's just say, it's just bizarre to look at. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of overdone. And there are three three like main points. That's number one. Number two is uh, having. And I know this is going to sound lame, but it's true. Having had the Sasquatch version of the Bronco, I never felt like I needed more Bronco. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I and you know this is from a guy who always loves like bat crazy stuff. Uh, but off roading it, I felt it was ultimately capable. And it took whatever I threw at it, and it took it with ease, and I never felt like I really needed to go up like, to the next one, to 11. You know what I mean? Right, I see it, what you're it saying. It felt like it was... Now, you're still referring to the Sasquatch. The Sasquatch, right, yeah, which right, comes right. on 35s, admittedly. Uh, but same thing, you know, if we're talking about capability, front, middle, rear locker, disconnectable sway bar, you know, I don't know how much water fording, but it's incredible in that thing. Um, you know, all of the... Um, off-road tech and the one thing that the bronco gives you which the wrangler doesn't give you is a better seating position yes uh and better on-road without a doubt ifs right yeah yeah. front suspension suspension. yeah yeah. and that makes a big difference for daily driving Uh, but but you lose a little bit of that with the raptor because they stiffened up everything so it doesn't feel as compliant in my book i agree with you with everything you've said so far um so on the streets uh, and i drove one back and forth to the racetrack and that is what about 30 miles round trip yeah. or each way, yeah. give or take. And in that drive, I was noticing like, like the, our yellow Bronco rides a lot better than this one. And I think it's partially due to the fact that that thing is built to be basically a Baja racer. Everything about it is perfect for high speed off-road. It is not slow. It is very quick. But it's kind of built a little bit more for dunes and for jumping. for jumping and for you know long dirt off road trails. It's, it's very like uh, you know you hit the brakes and the whole thing goes forward. Yeah, and go it, almost backwards. You almost get there like Ooh. it's like a stadium truck essentially. Yeah, it's like a stadium truck exactly. But the thing is about that because it's so bloody wide, uh, wider than any Wrangler. 
on the trails, you're going to come in, you know, there are going to be some issues, especially with trails that have been, you know, established by other vehicles before. It will rub in certain places. And so rock crawling and all that, I would rather do it in a regular Bronco, you know, a Sasquatch or something along those like that. It was the Everglades that Tommy had. Yeah, Tommy loves the Everglades. That was really good. And that would be more than adequate for anything like off-roading. But this goes to the next level. And just like all the other extreme off-road trucks out there, like, you know, the, the Raptor F-150 or, you know, any of those, they're super wide. And that makes them less capable off-road in certain uh, circumstances. Yeah. And then the third thing I would say on principle, I just don't, I would never pay over sticker. I feel like. I, 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 That's I where the next thing comes in. Yeah. yeah. I understand people who do pay over sticker. Uh, and I understand that if you have to be the first in line to have something and you've got a ton of money. A ton of money. It doesn't really bother you to spend ten, fifteen, or twenty thousand. But uh, to me, it just rubs me the wrong way. It's the principle of the thing. Agreed. Uh, and so, even though you're getting the ultimate, ultimately capable Bronco, you know, to pay ninety thousand is probably a bargain. But still, I'd rather have a bargain than give somebody a ten thousand dollar profit just because the dealership happened. Well, it's to more than that. They started around seventy six five, and then, but you're never gonna ever ever get one of those. So I decided to fully load one, mm -hmm. right? And I came out to uh, 86 and change. The reality is that everywhere you look, you will be hard, hard pressed to find anything under $100,000 at this point. So every place I've looked when I was researching it, you wouldn't be able to get one of these Bronco Raptors, if you could even find one, for under 100. And I was looking at used prices, 110, $115,000, $120,000. So... That's why it's on this list, because there's insane amounts of money. But it's, once again, insanely capable, especially dunes, especially just remarkably fast. And that's what it's built for. Uh, let's just take a quick break uh, and help pay for this. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, and by the way, I want to thank our patrons. If you want to help support this podcast and make it possible, head on over to TFL slash, uh, no, Patreon slash, patreon.com slash TFL car. There you go. There you go. That's the one. Uh, or, you know, click on the link to any of our videos. We've got that, uh, we've got that link there as well. Yep. Um, the other thing I was going to say about it uh, is uh, I was on Craigslist last night and a Bronco Sasquatch, not the first edition like we had, happened to pop up. Mm -hmm. And the guy had put... Um, this is just a regular one. Had put the uh, sticker on it, and it was sixty-three thousand. Okay. Guess how much he was asking for the car with like three hundred forty-five miles on it. Eighty. Yeah, exactly right. Eighty. Wow, that that's just... a Sasquatch. So he was 
$17,000 over sticker for a Sasquatch. So that, I think that gives you an idea of how much people are going to be asking for. And this isn't a dealer. This is like somebody who bought it. And Basically it. to flip it. Yeah, there's this whole now economy where, and I hate that too, Nathan. I am, guys, if you're doing this, I mean, I'm for all for free enterprise and capitalism. Uh, but uh, it just always rubs me the wrong way when people are just ordering. It's like it's like the, the like learning the long the wrong lesson from dealers. I'm going to order a car. I'm not buying it because I I, I care about it. Uh, I just want to buy it, throw it up on cars and bids, or bring a trailer and make as much money. And I, I, part of me, I'm torn because part of me is like, yeah, that's the American way. It's but part of me is like, oh, you know, just um, make money in a more productive way. Yeah, I I, I see where you're going with that. It's and like, it's like scalping tickets, right? It, you're you're providing a a, a service, service, but it's not crucial. It's certainly not helping the country in any way. Well, yeah, except I don't yourself, I guess. I feel bad for the guys who are really struggling to try to get their dream vehicle, and they can't because these guys come along and flip them and just make stupid money on them, and then you can't get them. But there's a way we stop that. Yeah, there's a couple ways we could stop that. Just don't. If you're buying one of these, just wait. Just don't buy it. Yeah, that's easy to say. By the way, you can also call those people up who are flipping them and just say "Yo, mama," and then hang up on them. Do it a lot. You know, let them understand but, that you live in shame. The, the problem is if, if, if they don't do it, the dealers will do it. Well, dealers already do it. Yeah, of uh, And they've been doing it. And this is not new practice. It's, it's really bad right now. And it was really, really bad during the midst of COVID, you know, at, at its peak. But right now, you know, th things are still slowly trickling in. And because of that, the inventory is not great. So they are able to do that. They're able to put the chokehold on customers. And some automakers said they're cracking down on it. Even Ford said that. Yeah, not really. Not, not all, so all right. Much. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, now you've got two that we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, and they're very comparable. They're, they're both excellent, excellent they're, vehicles. They're both excellent off-road. We haven't driven the uh, Wrangler. Nobody has. No, but we've done the regular yes, 392 off-road, and it was still incredible. Yeah, so. So, so which one would you buy? Of uh, those two? Yeah. Oh, the Wrangler. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, simple. Um, I already said it. Um, I, I go on trails from time to time, and I've noted that when I've taken larger trucks on these trails, they've had a really, really tough time because it's just too much truck, not enough trail. Um the Wrangler would it has an, it has a, you know sorry I, I'm having a hard time speaking today it has solid axles front and rear which means for me better usable articulation um, the the Raptor is so bloody wide that on the trails that I go on this is a personal thing it wouldn't be awesome now if I lived in Moab or more importantly if I lived in like a desert area yeah, in California what you want for, right yeah. then the then the Raptor would make way more sense. But yeah, if you live in Baja, go for the Bronco. Right. If you live in Moab, probably go for the Wrangler. Okay, there you go. That's that's fair enough. One final thing, though, I really wish that the Wrangler had as comfortable an interior as the Fords. Yeah, Ford so is way more comfortable for me. That's a, that's a real toss up because interior wise and like styling and livability wise, the Bronco is going to be much better. I would agree. But V8 wise, <laughs> the Wrangler is going to be much better. Because let's face it, Nathan, as much as uh, that you know that three liter six cylinder turbo is fine it doesn't compare it doesn't hold a candle to that uh, hemi yeah and and you know we don't have much time before v8s really do start exactly, to yeah. go away and, and and big lumps like this i mean yeah dude this thing's only going to get like 11 or 12 miles per gallon and you're probably gonna have to put premium in it i'm guessing both i'm sure but but if you can afford this then you can afford that so, so the question hmm. that hangs in the air is will ford put a v8 
in the Bronco Raptor I V8. Think that, I think they would shoot themselves in the foot if they did as much as we want them to. Yeah. So here's my point on that. And I'm actually in a long conversation with a, with a Bronco fan on this. They, they can't even deliver Mavericks and Lightnings. <laughs> they're, they're having a hard enough time. I know. Their, Sorry, you know, Pork. I don't mean to kick you in your No, mouth. but I mean, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good problem to have because at least people want them. I would say that if they built a Raptor uh, version of the Bronco with a V8, that would shoot them in the foot because then people would demand them down the line. Why can't you put this engine in a Sasquatch? Why can't you put this in, you know, I think people would start pushing it. Why can't you put it in the two-door? You know, and remember that they have to completely re-engineer the vehicle if they do that. Having the V6s in there, which are really, really powerful, or even the four-cylinder, um, that's one thing. But you have to completely re-engineer that vehicle to put that v- uh, V8 in there. Even if it's, you know, five-liter V8 or whatever that they already have, to do that... I mean, you have to recrash test it. You have to refederalize it. You have to resmog it. You have to do all this stuff. It's really expensive. So I just don't know if Ford has the bandwidth for that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so let's move on to number three, which is <laughs> number three. Let's let's go to the the Defender okay. before we yeah. go to the. And yeah. Keep in mind, we've owned a Defender now. We're not talking about the one that we owned, which was the one ten. So there's a ninety one ten and one thirty. One thirty. Right. Yeah. So we just had the one thirty here for a week. The one ten we bought. That's the uh, two um, four. <laughs> Four-door, well, five-door, with either a a four-cylinder turbo or a six-cylinder. Right. Um, Then the 130 gets you a little bit more space in the back. It gets you a third row, basically. It gets you a lot more space. Andre did a great towing video with it. It was still, I think, an epic video. Uh, But the Defender that we're going to be talking about is the one that's the 90, which is a two-door, and uh, they shoehorned a V8 into this. They did. Now, I've driven the regular 90 when I was in Los Angeles, but I have not driven this big V8. And what do I mean by big V8? Okay, well, first of all, (laughs) puts out 500 and, well, well, more than that. Let me see here if I can find it. While I'm doing that, by the way, this is a 5-liter V8 that's got a supercharger on it. Yeah, 518 horsepower, 461 pound-feet of torque in a vehicle that weighs, ooh, 1,400 pounds? So so let's talk about the Defender, uh, and let's talk about where it kind of fits in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, they did an incredible job in styling it. So it's very off-roady, and you can get all kinds of off-road goodies with it, including ladders and side mounts. Snorkels, like all the gases, you know, snorkels. Roof racks, you name it, you can you can get all that. So it looks like you're ready to go across the I don't know Serengeti. Serengeti. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Okay. Yeah, um, but 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 it is independent suspension all around. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, um, it is also I think more on road ready than off road ready compared to the other vehicles. I'm not saying it's not off road ready. Now I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of them like uh seen through glass and uh god what are some of the other ones uh the playboy uh, penthouse one no these are british ones oh no and the brits swear uh by the by their you know land rover slash well, of course rover. they are but uh, i tend to agree with them often uh but, me... but the last defender was a truck or a tractor this is a car or a crossover and let's face it nathan unless you actually do some pretty serious stuff to it you're not going to get the same kind of rock crawly Baja bashing off-road ability. You will have a hard time keeping up with the rank an you equivalent will, yeah. Wrangler. Yeah. Absolutely. But first and foremost, you can't lift it. Not really. No. You can do a body lift. Very expensive. Extraordinarily expensive. So it does come with air suspension. Yes. But the problem with and this is actually dual stage air suspension because the problem with air suspension is once you lift it up, you're like on tippy toes and you lose all your suspension. Well, you lose articulation. 
Yeah, and and you're like you know actual like. Comfort, yeah. But they give it. They've actually given a two airbag. So if you raise it to the top, there's still another airbag up there that's supposed to give you a little bit of comfort. Mm-hmm. But yeah, give or take, it really doesn't. Um, you also uh, can't spec it with um, with disconnectable sway bars. Doesn't come. Doesn't exist. Mm. And then to get the uh, front and rear locker is very tricky on this. Yeah, it, you have to you know do a lot of backflips and jump so, through hoops. So the way you get the locker is you have to. Uh, because um, we did this, you have to basically option out uh, an on-road package, right, that gives you kind of torque vectoring. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the locker. So you can already tell that they didn't design it to be locked off-road, but they designed it to be torque vectoring to give you better on-road uh, driving ability as opposed to off-road capability. And these are just facts. These are facts, and, but and, there's a lot more to it. And even if you spec out the most off-road worthy tires, which we did, Ugh. We blew both of them on one trail. Well, not to mention the fact that the one that's on... Now, the edition that we're talking about, we're talking about the most expensive right. one. It's called the Carpathian Edition. I kid you not. That's the name of it. All black. That's all, It's really cool. It looks like it's right out of the recent James Bond movie. $115,000. And it's not the most capable of all the defenders that are out there. There's an X. But, yes. But in terms of uh, price, this is at the very top or near the very top. Um, and we selected the 90 because you can get this this powertrain in, in another uh, Defender, but this is the best setup physically for an off-roader because best it approach. has the shortest wheelbase. So it's brake over, approach, and departure. Everything about it going off-road in general is far better in this guise. And one final component about this is that everything that Roman mentioned is true. However, you do have electric lockers that work differently. You have essentially a 4x4 system that will use its ABS system in order to prevent wheel spin and at the same time use gearing. And it does it all combined and it can do it quite well. However, this one, the Carpathian one, has 22-inch wheels. Completely useless for off-roading if you slap in. You can't do anything with that. And the problem is, let's say you pull those wheels off and you're like, okay, I'll put 17-inch ones or 16s, whatever, on here, and then I'll have real sidewall. You can't do that because the brakes are huge. And to build around them, like our friend did, you actually have to put a brake kit on there, which costs thousands, in order to shrink everything down. So it, it's befuddling because there's the capability is there. It's in the DNA, but by doing these types of things, they're basically restricting people from being able to really do off-roading. And I think part of that has to do with their mindset, and you and I discussed this before, which is they're saying to themselves, we want them to have a really good on-road car that can go off-road, but really they're not going to do it. Yeah, I think if you get the X version, right, which has the red tow hooks and gives you all the kind of the, 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 the don't skid think, plates. I'm not sure if you can get the V8 with the X. I did, I, it, it, would, it didn't spec that way. It, yeah. 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 I think you also, if you get the X, I think you get the skid plates because that one won't have the skid plates. And, of course, the Bronco and Jeep come standard with skid plates. All I'm saying is it doesn't mean it's, you know, it, it, it'll do 99% of what any of us will actually want it to do. But if you're going to go do King of the Hammers... You're going to get left in the dust. Well, even quick. Red Cone. I mean, look, we slashed. Yeah. And that was got, with 20 inch wheels. We got high centered. Uh, what ends up happening is um, because of the independent suspension, it gets caught up on those um, A arms, right? Yep. And it got, we, we went up Red Cone and there's a gatekeeper and the A arm got caught on it and then mm-hmm. we couldn't go forward. We couldn't go backward. It was. It was beached. It was beached, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are things you can do with these vehicles to make them far more off road worthy. But honestly, it should be as capable right out, especially for this much money. And with this type of power, 
I'm really looking forward to driving one of these because that type of horsepower coming out of a supercharged V8 sounds awesome. By the way, eight-speed automatic transmission, if you're curious. Um, and then, then the other thing I think is like, like it depends on your use case, right? So when I see people doing reviews of these, like Harry's Garage, he's, he's kind of bouncing them across farmland or they're, yeah. at, they're at the uh, Range Rover slash Land Rover off-road center where they're going through, you know, muddy hills and into pretty um, watery little lakes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but none of that is rock crawling. No. Or Baja running. And that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. And I noticed that there's very few things that actually test real articulation. If you see a vehicle like one of these going through a difficult bit of terrain and it's testing the articulation, you see a wheel way up in the air and it's just sitting up there in the air and it stays up there in the air, most likely that indicates that there is a problem with articulation because the whole point is to keep your tires on the ground as long as possible to maintain contact. And unfortunately, with that air suspension especially, you don't get that. It's like, it's, it's like James Bond going off-road. He can do it, I'm sure, but you feel like he's better in, at the casino than he is in Moab. I'll give you an example of, of, of what I'm talking about, Nathan. Mm -hmm. So on the Wrangler and the Bronco, uh, they both have, the Wrangler has a lot more, but they have snaps. And so if you uh, like hit your fender, that giant fender, you can just pop it off, buy a new one, pop it back on. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, right? Uh, they just snap off and then they snap back on. Or if you want to add a winch, um, you can you can pull the bumper off, both those, put a winch-ready bumper on, add a winch. I know where to, you're going to, with to, this. To do that in a Defender, <laughs> first of all, if you want to add a winch, you can. Defender sells them. Land Rover sells them. They're $7,000, but you got to pull the whole front fascia off the thing. And hope that it still runs later. And hope that they yeah, don't cut the wiring harness. That's a whole other story. <laughs> and if you hit that if you hit that Flender Fair, those are aluminum, Nathan. They're, yeah. they're not going to pop off. No. You, you can have a very expensive repair bill. They did such a wonderful job with so much of it, but at the very end, the last 10% they needed to satisfy real off-roaders, they stopped. And it's a real shame because you have, as I said, there's so much potential. But, but you know what? They're catering to the customer. 99% of the people who buy these things, you know, will take it, like I said, into a farm field or, you know, maybe on a muddy track. Vineyards. Or road. They'll take it to vineyards. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or to Target. Target. But they're not going to Target. They're going to Neiman Marcus or something. No, they don't go to Target. They're going to Macy's. But, but there, there's another thing about these vehicles. I will say out of everything on this list, um, the Defender is the best driving on the streets. Yes, it is a fantastic it, road trip vehicle. The most stylish by far. I, I love its styling. My wife adores its styling. And it's a real utilitarian vehicle. And you can do some really cool off-roading with it. It's just that when you get serious... That's where things go south. And the Brits would disagree completely, and I, I, I respect that opinion. But, you know, we've taken... He doesn't right like home. the Queen either, and he made fun of uh, King Charles. So bring well, all yeah, of your... Yeah, it's you, so easy it, to make fun of. No, don't make fun of He's He's the king. So... The, Man, wouldn't that suck? Yell at him. Wouldn't Yell that suck to have to wait till you're like 70 to become king or however old he is now? Gosh. <laughs> His whole life. It's, I, I think it's totally fine. I, I, I still I do like the guy. Okay, so let, um, before we move so on. So it's in a, a different class. It is in a different class. Um, there's, there's a really interesting rumor, by the way. The 130. If you're wondering, by the way, the 90 is, is the smallest, right? It's essentially a three-door or really a two-door if you think about it. But um, then you go up to the 110, which is the one we had, and that's probably the most popular one because it, it's their five-door or four-door. It, 
the, the fifth door, for those of you who don't know, that's the back door that swings open. Just keep that in mind. Um, and then you can go to the 130. And you and Andre drove the 130, and that is their longest version. And that one is damn close to the size of, like, a Suburban, actually. It's really, it's not too much smaller. So it's a big vehicle. Def definitely the nicest interior of, of all these. Wonderful interior. Very Beautiful comfortable. interior and very stylish, right? right? You've got this minimalist approach with these fabrics that look like they're made of neoprene. So that, you know, it looks, it looks very active, looks very outdoorsy. While being incredibly comfortable. Yeah, while being incredibly comfortable. Uh, not the greatest infotainment. It's okay. There's worse. It's, it, they, they keep making it better, but it's slow and laggy and not very colorful for some reason. Uh, I would say the Ford and the Jeep, especially the Jeep, have much better infotainment. Yeah, you connect is still pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, and uh, in terms of towing, uh, who cares? Well, no, the... no, that you say that, yeah. but well over eight thousand pounds. So it does tow the most. At, at, if you get the one thirty. That 130, I really do recommend you watch the towing video that Andre put together which with it. Which nobody watched for some reason. I know. I, which That's why I said who, apparently you guys don't care. Well, yeah, but maybe, you know, if we throw it out there. I mean, this, is, this will tow horse trailers, right? This is yes, it will easily. And, and he had a remarkably good time towing. I, I thought he was going to have a terrible time. So keep that in mind. It, it actually can tow. The big ones, you know, the 110 and the 130 can tow. I wouldn't recommend towing a lot with the 90, even though it is rated to tow, I believe, over 8,000 pounds, especially with this V8. It's kind of small. I wouldn't recommend it. But let's move on. Well, we got to address one more. That's the elephant in the room, which we can't really, but we should talk about it. Uh -huh. Reliability, right? I mean, it, it is a Land Rover. Yeah, but it, you, it hasn't been out long enough, really, to know. Ours it, was not reliable. No, no, the third one was, though. You sent it to Tommy. <laughs> he did that big road trip with it. The yeah, third. Yeah. I know it sounds weird saying the third one. The second one, it's not the vehicle's fault. No, it was no, that no. somebody screwed up on it trying to put up a winch, which, by the way, we have videos on this. The first one we got was the four-cylinder, and the four-cylinder was not reliable. It had some serious electric gremlins. But the third one we had, which we beat the crap out of, we took it off-road, we took it to Moab, we took it to Red Cone, got a lot of flat tires. But aside from that, I don't recall there being any problems with that, and I truly did enjoy driving it. Yeah, so. and they also pushed technology, right? It was one of the first ones that had that camera mirror that you, you can yes there's yes just a lot of cool kind of interesting tech which in was it. a little glitchy but it, it still worked it's just there were a couple of times where there, i remember there was a little glitch but um now, now before we get to this other one yeah uh, in the last video we did people were like well why don't you talk about the rivian and why didn't you talk oh about the yeah Hummer EV? because um officially they're not over a hundred thousand but we're trying to keep this to internal combustion. Yeah. So I mean, our, yeah, our Humber was over one hundred and ten thousand yeah. dollars. But that's that's an all electric vehicle. The Rivian's all electric. We're not going to talk about electric ones here. It's a, whole, it's a whole different ball of wax. It is. It really is. So before we get to the next one, Nathan, let's stop for a quick second, and uh, you know, help pay for this podcast. All right. And uh, let me ask you this. So yeah. now, out of the three, which would you get? I wanted to wait until we finished all four. Okay, let's wait. Uh, let's because wait, yeah. cause the, it's the drum roll and then all right, the, let's, the let's wait. I agree. All right. So uh, the fourth one, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to drive from L.A. via Moab. Uh, I'll <laughs> tell you a funny story about this, right? So uh, I get in this G-Wagon squared now. That's you, what we're talking about. The yeah, there's three G-Wagons, right? There's a regular G-Wagon. There's the G63, which has the big old V8, right? <laughs> it's really, really powerful. And then there's this one where it adds portal axles and lifts it like, I don't know. It, it's got like, what, 15, 16 inches of ground clearance? Easily, yeah. Uh, it's huge. It's just, I, I remember when we, previous generation, I drove over you in it. This is a twin turbocharged V8 that puts out 577 horsepower and 627 pound-feet of torque. Out the side, not the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a side baloney cut exhaust, which looks really cool and sounds amazing. 
Yeah, it's a beast. So uh, I took this thing to Moab, and I went up Baby Lines back. And then, if you know, on the backside, there's this, like, little... Uh, it's a little pond, right? Well, it can be. Sometimes it's dry. Yeah. But uh, you're talking about the way where you make the right, right turn. But, but this was, like, a month and a half ago or two months ago, and it was frozen. <laughs> and I came down, and once you're going down, you, it's a one-way. You're not going to go back up. You're not going to back up that big hill. No. So I, I, w- I went into it, and I kept going and going and going and deeper and deeper <laughs> and deeper. And thank God that thing had, like, I don't know how much water fording, but I had a camera basically on the side of the door, and that camera submerged. Yeah. That, so it must have been maybe, I went to three feet, four feet? You, you were close to four feet. Yeah. That was what I, I remember when you came back, you had the, your eyes were still kind of bugged out. I was, we yeah. we talked about it, because you were talking about the footage, and it's like, oh, we got to see this. So, so I've got this $300,000, you know, one of the only ones in the country, Desinio, right, which is their special uh, kind of... It's it's their version of paint to sample, you know, mm-hmm. bespoke color, bespoke interior, uh, and I, I took it in this what I thought was a puddle, and it was frozen. So first I cracked through the ice, of course. Yeah. But that's bad because in the front there's I'm not joking it there's like seven radiators, so now yeah. you're plowing this thing into you know an icy lake with sharp, icy sharp shards. ice and, and God knows what else is in there. Yeah. So so I so I pull out of it. And I stop and I run to the front of it and there's like water leaking out of it. And I thought, oh, my God, I've punched a radiator. And luckily I did not. But I would not recommend doing that. But but the thing is, it really is built to do off-roading despite the fact that it's just stupid expensive. And most of the people who are going to buy this live in Beverly Hills or in, you know, Miami or whatever and will never, ever, ever take it off-road. And that's a funny irony because it's really hard to get in and out of. The thing is really high off the ground. So can you imagine a Cardassian trying to swing their big ass up in there and trying to get in? Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. I think it would be great to get on camera. Yeah, you really need almost a ladder. And I'm saying that, you know, somebody who's pretty tall. But if I didn't have that grab handle to pull myself up, yeah, it'd be hard, even with that sidestep, because it doesn't have air suspension. No, it's so what proper. It do- what it does have, obviously, let's talk about what you get. Three lockers, mm-hmm. which all G-Wagons have. But this one has portal axles. You want to talk about portal uh, axles? Portal axles are fantastic. They're so out thing, of Unimog. Yeah, uh, Unimog has them. And, and there's certain other off-road vehicles that have them. And you can put them on anything. I've seen them on Jeep Wranglers. In sure. fact, at one point, Jeep actually had an option where you could, through uh, Mopar, buy portal axles for your Wrangler. It wasn't very popular because they were extremely expensive. So, so actually, this is good because there's three ways to lift a vehicle, right? Yeah. Number one, the easiest way is just uh, uh, suspension. a suspension lift. Basically, you take a puck, mm-hmm. and it, it works body-on-frame vehicles, and you raise uh, the uh, body away from the suspension. Uh, and... Uh, it's easy, it's inexpensive, and it it's, um, you know, works. That's what most Jeeps are. Yeah, um, although we don't recommend that you go out and do that because you could screw up your uh, geometry of your suspension, so talk to an expert. Then the, my friend um, over at uh, Land Rover of Denver did a body lift on the uh, Defender, which is very hard. Yes. So basically you have to re-engineer the suspension points. And you have to change the geometry of the suspension and lift the whole thing up. It's, it's very hard. It costs thousands and thousands right. and thousands of dollars to do. Or what you could do is a portal axle, which is really cool. So basically, you lift the whole vehicle by actually, how would you, how would you describe this? So the half so, shafts come out straight into, into a so gear set. The gear sets are actually located where the wheel meets the, um, the hub. And as such, that's where all of your gearing down goes on. That's where everything goes and that way, that bar, which goes up, is between three and six inches, depending on the type of portal axle you get, of immediate ground clearance. But on top of that, you also get a very smooth underside, so you don't have these big pumpkins in the middle 
that are catching on things, it's actually almost entirely flat. There's a very small, you know. And you can also re-gear the vehicle because you're putting gears basically at the uh, at the wheel hub. At the wheel hub. Yeah. And it it's a really it's a great, very expensive, but it's a great way to lift a vehicle and gain an awful lot of uh, capability just by putting that on. But th- they're really expensive, so that's the other part of it. But they're on some of the best off-road vehicles in the world. Yeah, and then the upside, like Nathan said, is you get a clear bottom, and then you're not messing with the suspension geometry. So you're not like changing the angle of the half shaft or the drive shaft because no, basically you're not doing that. you've got like you know you go you go straight out to the portal axle, and then that rear gears are down, like you yep. said, right? Like two gears, and then then you put the wheels on the bottom set of gears. Yeah. And so now you've got a lift that's, like you said, three to six inches that does nothing to mess with the geometry of the off-roader, which is great. Right. The only thing is is that uh, obviously you're a little bit more top-heavy almost right away because you're higher up off the ground. You have to keep that in mind when you're, if you're engineering something like this. But the Mercedes, out of all the vehicles here, is the only one that has that. And just to keep in mind that there is the lesser version, like the S63 or the, just the regular one, uh, those G-Class um, do not have the portal axle. But those start at 175. Uh, yeah, exactly. Actually, uh, 150 according 150. to this. But yeah, but once you, once yeah, again. realistically, yeah, once again. So let's say 150 to 350. But 250 to 300 plus is what you're going to get, and that is, that is known as the AMG G63 4x4 squared. That's the entire title of it because it's German. So uh, the latest G-Wagon uh, has gotten wider, which is good, because yep. the previous generation, which was around for like 20 years, was way too narrow. So Oh, especially on the interior. There's yeah. a terrible interior in the past. It was. It was just like, it was very, uh, shall we say, military? But it, well, not just that. It just didn't fit people. I mean, certain people, it fit just fine. It was just, you had to fit it as opposed to it fitting you. The new one is much more comfortable. Yeah, so the new one gives you, uh, you know, much more width, so you're not sitting shoulder to shoulder. Right. It gives you more back seat room. It gives you more room behind the back seats. It's just a much bigger vehicle. Uh, and, of course, the interior is fabulous, right? It is quite nice. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's just very expensive, best materials, right? Those little air vents, they just click with a resounding click. The doors, I mean, gosh, no other vehicle in the world has that. that I'm going to use a cliche here, yeah, yep. but that uh, a bank vault thud when they close. And when those... A locks lock, right? You get that thuck, thuck, like, like that, this really incredible mechanical sound. That 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 just for you. That's a sound, not a word that he was saying. Just say uh, thuck. Yeah, a thunk, thunk. Yeah, thunk. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. family friendly. <laughs> it is. Um, and then and then of course the engine <clears throat> it sounds incredible, right? That that big old German V8, five hundred and seventy-seven horsepower. Yeah. It's just a beast. But it's twin turbocharged, which is interesting because. You know, we, we actually have four different engines on this little list because we have a twin turbocharged V6. We have Plus a naturally radi- aspirated. Radiators. Yeah, with a gazillion radiators. We have the, you know, the regular 392. And then we've got, you know, the uh, V8 that's inside of the Defender, and that's supercharged. So they're all different in terms of induction and, you know, a cylinder count, um, which I think is very interesting. The Mercedes, unlike the other ones, um, actually has the a seven speed. So there was two eight speeds, seven speed, and a ten speed. So that's different. But another big difference with that thing is that it has, because of that lift, incredible approach and departure angles. I mean, it potentially speaking off road, it could be an absolute monster. I was I, I was driving down the highway, Nathan. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how tall this is, I'm driving down the highway, and there's a Wrangler next to me. I look over, and I notice something. Mm. I was looking at how muddy the Wrangler was, except I was looking at the fact that his roof was muddy. I was looking down on a Wrangler's roof. Yeah. 
That there, it that gives you an idea of how tall it is. It helps that there's a giraffe driving it at the same time. So really tall person inside a really tall vehicle. But that's the reality of it. It's super, super high off the ground. Once again, I would love to see the Hollywood types trying to get in and out of this thing. I think it would be hysterical. Okay, so now that we've finished all four, which one would you buy? Oh, the Mercedes. Yeah? Yeah, I just it's just so crazy and impractical. You know how I love cars that make no sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, the problem I'd have with it is uh, I'd want to take it off-road, but I would feel terrible taking it off-road, which I did, by the way. But I could do it because it wasn't mine. But if it was mine... Um, but the problem also is that you could buy any... You could buy all three for the cost of that Mercedes. Essentially, yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that's also a problem. There comes a number where you spend so much money that you feel so stupid doing it. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And it takes the fun out of it. So, like, getting in that thing... Here's my problem. Getting in that thing, I would think to myself, I could have bought... For a 392, I could have bought the Bronco Raptor. I could have bought a Defender uh, mm -hmm. for the price of this. And that's when it starts being fun, right? The number becomes just way too high. So my heart says, yes, get that. But my brain probably would go with uh, either the Bronco, depending what I want to do, either the Bronco or the Wrangler. I, I, I'd be very happy with both. Uh, I, I w your choice is excellent. And I totally absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, I know you guys are going to kill me for this, but bear in mind that I, I'm a different type of guy, and I would go for the Defender. Yep. Yeah, that's all I right. Would, I would. I would. You're, you're buying it for what you're going to use it for. Exactly. Um, but it, what I would do is I would spend stupid money in order to make it the Defender I want, which is somehow figuring out a way. I think that the, its height and its capability are already pretty damn good, but so, that, that engine, so, oh. So I was driving by the the, dealer, the Land Rover dealership, yeah. uh, and they had the one the one for, uh, what is it called? It's the one where Tommy went and did that competition. Oh, like the uh, Camel Trophy, but but it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's the latest version of that. So right. it's black and orange, and mm -hmm. they had the rooftop tent on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was badass, dude. Yeah. It was badass. They look fantastic. And those are definitely over 100000 too. Right. But, I, the, but the, like every dealer got one. They're almost unobtainable. The regular 90 that I drove, yeah. I fell in love with it, Roman. It, yeah. was, I just, it was such a comfortable, nice driving vehicle with plenty of power. And I kept thinking to myself, wow, I wonder how that V8 is. And I talked to a couple of friends of ours who have driven the, the V8. Oh, is, is it Land Rover Trophy? Is that the latest I think one? Trophy, yeah, yeah, might be it. The, yeah. Yeah, I think it might be Trophy. And I just, I, I fell in love with it. I really, really did. It's it's one of those things where I'm th I'm not thinking with my brain. I'm thinking with my heart. But uh, the if it, take that out of the equation, then it would definitely be the Rubicon. Uh, definitely would be. But I wanted to mention something real quick. Okay. So we talked about really, really expensive vehicles that are super off-road capable. But you guys out there are probably on the internet going, well, wait, there are other vehicles that are really expensive. There that are. kind of Yeah. So the Bentega from Bentley, that starts at $245,000. or off-road. Yes, you did. I did. You did, you big boy. Um, and then there's the Rolls-Royce uh, Cullinan. Yeah, I'll go off road too. Three hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and these these are the starting prices, by the way. Now I haven't taken either off road, although I did lean against the Cullen once, um, <laughs> and I m mispronounce its name every time, and I don't care because I hate looking at I, it. I think Rolls Royce doesn't like us. I'm sure they don't. And I don't think they like us. You I know think, what? I That's we, fine with we, me we, because we, their styling is. Look. We did a we did a, I think a vi I did a vehicle a video once where we compared it to a seven series, and they hated that. 
Because you said underneath it's a seven series, which it is, but they didn't want that. No, and and they do. There's a lot of bespoke stuff on it, but whatever. That's that's fine. It Uh, could be that, or they feel like our audience is not up to Rolls Royce. I would imagine that's. But But the the irony is, the awful lot of cars are pretty close to that price. There was a Cullen in here, and I pitched them the idea, Nathan, of doing a towing video, and I suspect that a lot of Cullen owners tow because they probably have very expensive one go thoroughbreds or helicopters or i don't know land speed record cars Mm -hmm. whatever whatever those people in that world live but i I thought it would be a useful review and they never got back to me. james could you hook up the trailer please (laughs) make sure you back it out for me too yeah i I, was i was at the uh goodwood uh, revival yeah uh, and that is of course home of rolls royce corporate Mm -hmm. and and when you drive to the goodwood revival you go right by the corporate offices Uh uh, and so there were cullinans everywhere of course uh and i felt like you know no no uh uh, no, uh, what? No soup for you. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's about right. I, honestly, I like Bentley better anyway. I like their styling better, and uh, that's that's where I'm going to go with that. So before we end this, let, let's let's talk about some other off-roaders because uh, we have talked about the most. expensive. These are the ones. most expensive versions. But let's talk about others that people are probably wondering about. Uh, obviously, the Forerunner uh, TRD. The Pro. most expensive Forerunner is around sixty grand. But it, it's also very capable. It's and if extraordinarily you, and capable. If, and if you lift it, and if you do you know a lot of the stuff that people with foreigners do you can make it as off-road worthy as any of the jeeps in Probably reality not, not as powerful because that v6 no. will never be as powerful uh, as that, a 392 that, that, no not even no. close but but the point is is that there's a lot of people who already do that and you guys know who you are and it's an excellent vehicle but the pricing isn't even half of what most of these prices are right here so yeah that's one and thing it, and it's also getting a little long in the tooth a little yeah it's it's older than uh, most of your hair products. It it's an old <laughs> old vehicle, uh, but and then it's got the four liter V six. I mean, which is really good and also that old really high speed automatic. It's just ancient. It truly is. Um, and probably, yeah, probably, and, and probably as thirsty as some of these as well. Unfortunately, because of that kind right. of right. But it's really great off road. And there are other Rover products that are decent off road as well from Range Rover and what have you. Um, but realistically, we're just kind of trying to go to the cream of the crop, really. With this, what else is that's affordable? What are we forgetting? Well, an affordable off-roader yeah, yeah. Uh, that would fall into this category. I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, not obviously, a there's, lot. there's like the Lexus GX, but that's which is essentially a, the overseas uh, Land Cruiser, essentially, um, and that's really good off-road. Um, oh well, the GX. But also, there's the LX. There's the, the LX. Yeah, that's the that's the overseas new Land Cruiser. There's a there's a Prado which we don't get. No, we don't get that. Uh, um, and, and Nissan has walked away from this unexplicably at the worst time possible. Remember with the Xterra? <laughs> I know how good it was. I yeah. know, and I, I still just don't understand where Nissan's head is. But they rumor has it that they're going to have a new Armada coming out soon, and it'll be much more off road capable. And blah 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 and, blah. And the, and the other head scratcher is why isn't GM competing in this space? Well, we, we, you know, I know the look. The Blazer is a very good car. It's a it, car. It's a car. It's, yeah. it's, it can't even handle the light off-road duty. Um, it's it's low slung. It's essentially a wagon, and we've driven it before, and it's not a Blazer in terms of what you guys remember. However, their little tiny Trailblazer, it's actually a pretty decent crossover, but still, once again, not an off-roader. They do not build an off-road capable vehicle in this class. Now they do have bigger ones. So if you go to the I mean, Tahoe no, or, or Yukon, yeah, and but 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 they do have the new Tahoe. We took it off the um, off-road. Yeah, right. And that one, the one we took off-road was really built for it and did really well, but it still doesn't even come close to this class. Yeah, and that's, you know, that competes more with the Sequoia than it does with the Forerunner, right? So GM, we're going to have to come right back around full circle to the Hummer. 
And that would be what they would say. Well, we have our Hummer. And they just started building the, the actual SUV versus a truck. Right. But, you know, we don't want to rehash this, but a nine and a half thousand pound truck off road is a little, yeah, no bueno. It's yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little uh, tricky. It's it's too wide and way too heavy, way 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 too heavy. And, and Honda's starting to build off roaders, right? Well, the they're more off road capable, yeah. So they're coming up with kind of these let's call them soft rotors. Yeah, and actually, a lot of automakers are coming up with soft rotors, and perhaps in another time we would talk about it in, in greater detail. But I mean, you've got one from Nissan. Actually, their Pathfinder off road is quite good if you get their uh, Rock Creek. Edition. edition, yeah. It's quite good. Um, but none of these things are really built for serious off-roading. Fortunately, they are figuring out, mm, if we put a skid plate under here and they make a big mistake, it doesn't mean that they'll completely destroy their transmission. So stuff like that is starting to happen now. And then the last brand, I'll talk about them, uh, is Subaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't they don't really play in this space either, right? You, c- no. you could take a... You could take a Crosstrek and lift it, and you could make it relatively off-road capable, but it's nowhere near any of these vehicles. Well, their whole point is to handle difficult terrain with more plomb, and they are able to do so. We've seen it. We've actually tested some. But they don't, they don't go to the next level. You, you won't do any real rock crawling with those. And you guys already know this. Um, and we're not going to go over Subaru in detail here. But the reality is, is that they don't build anything that has this type of performance. This is a whole next level thing. And then Audi doesn't play in this space? Not anymore. But, but, and this is a good but, Volkswagen will soon be playing in the space. Uh, the latest news was that they're going to obviously they're bringing back the International Scout name, right? And, and that's its own company, by the way. And this week, the news was that they're actually going to build it in house in Chattanooga. It's going to be all electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus originally, it was going to be built by Magna, I think, in Austria. But now they're saying that they're going to build the uh, new International Scout, which will play in the space. It's going to be electric, so it'll compete more with the Rivian. And, of course, with the Hummer. But they are going to be bringing back an off-roader, which is good. I had a chance to go behind the scenes. I can't tell you much about it because I had to sign <laughs> my life away. But I can tell you this. It will be a competitor right out of the box. And that's their whole point. And it will be built right here. And, yes, they're bringing back the name, but it's not the company International, really. It's it's International Harvester is something completely different. Um, but they do have the logo and they do have the styling, as you guys may have seen with some teaser images. So... Stay tuned for that. That's going to be happening within the next couple of years. And that leaves Mitsubishi, which... Uh, no longer uh, does anything that's realistic off-road. Yeah, which is a shame. Real shame. Because they, they, once upon a time, these guys, you know, were the kings of Dakar with Are the Are you Pajero. kidding me? They still have the record for the most wins. Yeah. They still have the most record, the biggest record. High, you and, know what I mean. And then, uh, you know, BMW doesn't play in the space. Not not really, not in our market. No, no, and they really don't have an off-roader. They have a sports activity vehicle, but not a... Not a true off-road vehicle. Yeah, and yeah. the closest they get is with that mini uh, Dakar uh, race that, car. That's a that's a race car. It's not built and, for... And Audi has a race car, too, for yes, Dakar. Yes, and it's, but it's but a badass. But they don't sell, like, nope. a street version of it. Exactly, That's and that's my point. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who could compete but don't compete. And I can kind of understand why. I mean, come on. When you have to compete with these old school guys who have solid axles or seriously, you know, capable off-roaders, but you still have to have good EPA numbers, it's really hard to compete. And if you're listening to this like in the UK and you're screaming at, you know, your device, uh, what about the oh, Dasha Duster or what about the Jimny, right? Yeah, we don't get those. We don't get those. So, so we can't really talk about it. And also the Ineos Gren, Grenadier. Yeah, that was also, well, we talked about that. They, they did. We don't know about, I don't I don't even know if they're going to bring it. They say they're going to bring it to America, but I was, here's an interesting thing. I was yeah. looking at, the, there was a program for it, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, all, of, all of the models that the people were driving were right-hand drive, which to me... 
kind of suggests that they're not seriously looking into it, it would be very hard for them to bring it into America because th there would just be such a plethora of hoops that they would have to jump through. And they could do it, but it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be cheap. No. So, so there's all the regulatory stuff, mm -hmm. which is not easy, including like safety testing. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 That stuff that like, like uh, apparently, you know, Europeans are a little bit less stringent. When it comes to you know safety, yeah, the the IIHS and NCAP and all that are, are, are have a very different take on, on certain they're, things. They're catching up, yeah. but, but we're much more stringent in some ways. And if we're not from a regulatory point of view, we are certainly from a getting your ass sued off that, <laughs> point of view. Yeah, and then on top of that, there's you know a if dealer they, network. The dealer network also, if they build them overseas, the additional chicken tax and all that other stuff. I hear that they want to build, put a factory up here. I hope they build it. I would It'd love, be great. Love to love to love to see that in yeah in, in the states. I'm but. hearing the prices are around a hundred thousand, give or take, and then they can easily go up to up to two hundred thousand. Once again, I'm only hearing this. Tommy did do a review of one, a static one, and did an interview, which was quite good and very popular. Uh, several months ago, what six months yeah, ago? People are saying it's got the spirit of the old Defender. Yeah, so have a look at that. Uh, will it come here? Well, we'll stay tuned. We'll we'll find out. And you know, it'd be fun to throw it up against these other vehicles, but uh, it would be. You know, this is. I think here in America, because of our geography and because of especially in the West of all the open land that we have, this is like the the. the I was going to say Super Bowl, but I'm going to go with World Cup for off roaders. Sure, because you know, outside of Dakar, right there, we've got the Baja 1000, we've got the King of the Hammers. Right, there's not a lot of that kind of off-roading that that is that is as competitive as it is here. Just to be clear, Baja is actually in Mexico, but we're we're, we're connected to them and we're buddies. North America. Yeah, so uh, you're right. Well, just here in, in the United States, in the actual you know 50 states, you have every terrain imaginable for off-roading, and if you can handle everything here in the United States, there's no place in the world you cannot off-road. And I, I I will take that to you could take it to the bank. Yeah, you, you can go like mudding in Florida. You can go, uh, actually, mudding in, let's call Georgia. You can go swamp buggy racing in Florida. Mm. You can go rock crawling in Moab. I mean, there's just everything is here. There's desert running. There's forest right. running. There's you name it, every terrain, hard tundra, everything. We have it in the United States. And I'm not trying to say, yay, America. I'm and, just saying that this and is. sand. Oh, tons of sand. But we have an environment that's conducive, especially even here in Colorado, we actually have a lot. Maybe you put but, your finger on it, Nathan. Mm. Maybe that's why I like. Like the Germans aren't playing in the space because there's not a lot of sand dunes in um, Munich. I okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe there isn't. No, there's not. But uh, th that's why they built that Mercedes, um, and that thing can handle some of the sand whoa, dunes. Whoa, whoa! They built that Mercedes for the Shah of Iran. They didn't yeah. build it because there was a lot of off-roading in Stuttgart. Yeah, but but that's kind of my point. So they did build it to handle yeah. dunes. Okay. Anyway, the point is is that uh, yes, but, we have some great off-roading. They don't sell it to off-roaders. They sell, they sell it to, like, you know, Hollywood. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and it's, a, it's a big and, issue I have. And I hate Hollywood for it um, because it just takes really good off-roaders. It makes them com comical, silly, ridiculous. Yeah. Although nowadays it's a little bit more fashionable to have something that uh, puts out less greenhouse gases. So hopefully more people out there will be driving electric vehicles and getting state credit for it. Blah, 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 which is great. Great. Enjoy. Uh, but in the meantime, let us um, know which one you'd want. Exactly. Let us know which one you'd want. Within reason, guys, you know, if you're saying that there's like one of those like 10 are built in South Africa, special assault vehicles that someone might be able to buy in Dubai. That's a little bit beyond our scope here. So yeah, or, or a Hennessy 6x6 Mammoth. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. those are awesome. We would love it. But we know I mean, about those. We we're talking about forgotten. actual production vehicles that actually 
would produce, say, more than 100 a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and uh, let us know if we've forgotten anything. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. See you next time. Ciao. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.